Hey everybody, welcome. And thank you for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. My name is Zach. I'm here with Laura. It is Sunday night. Uh, usually we record on Thursday mornings, but we've been uh, kind of caught up in a bunch of travel and scheduling and holidays. We're on the back end of Thanksgiving. We both have a little bit of a hangover just from being around people and kind of being lazy, to be honest. And, um, and we're both going through a little bit of it. We're both kind of uh, having capacity issues for different reasons that shows up in our conversation. It showed up uh, between the two of us and we get to repair a little bit of that today. Uh, we get to hear about a fight that Laura and Ryan had, which is unusual. Um, I feel like they don't have very many, so I was glad to hear about it. I think you will be too. We're just wandering around a little bit. There's not really a lesson in here apart from the value of repair and how important it is to both uh, seek it out and also allow it to happen. I trust there'll be a takeaway or two in here for you. This is a very cool conversation. Stick around. Now, that was actually exactly what I was thinking about today as I was like driving here and thinking, okay, we're going to record this podcast, which I very intentionally asked not to have our visuals recorded because yeah. I have not worn makeup or done my hair. Well, it's the weekend. It's like, And I, I, right now, I think I resemble like maybe a 90s rapper. Maybe Is there any like, what do you think? Yeah, you got a little Eminem going on. A 90s male um, rapper. Yeah. yeah. We're like, okay, uh, people, it's Sunday <laughs> after Thanksgiving. So it's been a four day weekend. It's a little bit of like a hangover, but it's not an alcohol hangover. For me, it's like an emotional hangover. Yeah. What did you do for Thanksgiving? Anybody else have that? <laughs> Probably a lot of people have that, Lala. <laughs> yeah. I know. I'm not the only... Well, did you do Christmas with... Or, Thanksgiving. Did you do that? I just got done. I was with my mom. This is the reason why we couldn't record. I had like a break in the middle of the day where mm -hmm. I said I'm unavailable is that I went to my mom's house and I put up all her Christmas decorations with her. Oh, that was nice of we you. We created wonderful family memories. I have pictures. I'm documenting. Um, we do the whole thing. We did eggnog, which is, you might hear it in my speech that there is some eggnog <laughs> in me. <laughs> I made I soup. I put up my Christmas lights this weekend. And that's um, a, that and is a feat. We just pay people. We're like, I don't want to think about it. I don't want to be no. dangerous. I used to be pretty simple, but then we had these neighbors move in next to us and they're, they like go all out. Like he puts a harness on and the climbs Joneses, up on his roof. He's that them. guy. And so uh -huh. I, I slowly have been getting more and more stuff. And now I finally got, I think I'm like, the gaudiest house on our block, which is really fun. And also I made it so that, um, my Alexa, don't say, she hears me right now. Don't say her name. She's like Voldemort. Can, We're she'll, like she'll turn the on name the, that we cannot speak off. of. I can be like, Alexa, turn off, turn on my Christmas lights and she will do it. Do it. No, I, she, cause I'm in the backyard. I don't want to be, I, 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 I don't want to turn them off. But it's pretty amazing. So like bad. I've crossed the threshold to handyman status, mm -hmm. which basically is just buying the right thing and plugging it in in the right place. Yeah. 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 But you might get a hand ski from it from your wife because you're so handy. Get it? Um, yeah, that's clever. Um, this, that is clever. We did. We we had Thanksgiving at our house. It was just me and Rebecca and her mom and Mary. And the four of us had a nice, quiet little dinner together. And yeah. We watched the parade and we, um, yeah, we just, we just kind of hung out, laid pretty low. And then I, yeah. I kind of laid low the rest of the weekend, except it was our mutual friend's birthday yesterday. And I spent the whole day with him and Happy his adventure birthday. quest. It had, st it had, uh, stages. His birthday party had stages. Yeah. 
Like you Why? can come for one it's or not all like he of was the stages. A special number, right? No, it's not a special number. It's just he just was wanting to. He wanted just to hike special. at night, and he wanted to eat sushi, and he went out on the boat, and he had a church service that he went to, and uh, yeah, it was it was pretty nice. fun. But I'm exhausted, dude. I I don't like being around people, and it's uh, it's uh, <laughs> it's it's it was it was a lot. Oh gosh, <clears throat> because I can hear my laugh in my headphones. That was a full on like uh, old man smoker's laugh. It went on. Um, <laughs> Have we recorded since my husband's birthday? Probably not. No, we were supposed to record that morning, but you conveniently forgot. We that that was are not going to we talk about doing. that. Got it. Okay. Um, yeah, we're not going to talk about that. You were very busy a... on that day and we called an audible <laughs> till today. <laughs> yeah, there was a full yeah. on mulligan. Um, that was actually quite distressing for some of you. You have heard through some of like the ups and downs of Zach and I's relationship. And that was a down for me. I think it probably hurt me more than it hurt you. I'm guessing. Well, maybe oh, yeah. not. You don't know the other side of it. So like on my behalf, we had a really hard conversation. May not have seemed like it was hard for me, but I took it to heart. And mm. it actually folds in a little bit to what I wanted to talk about. Because leading up to my uh, husband's birthday, I wanted to throw him just an epic 40th birthday party. And I did. I did it up. Right. It felt like a wedding, uh, to be perfectly honest, like on my behalf, like what it takes to plan uh, from beginning to end to have 22 people in another city in uh, one venue with a chef coordinated with like different venue changes, all of that. So I coordinated 22 people staying in a house with dinner out, dinner in, chef, the whole nine yards. And it just took a lot of energy. And, uh, and it was amazing, but I didn't realize the emotional toll that it took in order to plan Uh something like that. And there's just been like a lot of things kind of leading up. And and you basically said, you said these words to me during our argument, you said, you need to get your head on straight and then we can reconvene basically. And if you can hear my pup whining in the background (laughs) and that'll remind you not to get a dog. Yeah. So that's how I felt. Like I felt like my head was not screwed on straight. And it was kind of like a little bit of a smack in the head of like, Laura, you really are kind of pushing the limit of what you're able to take on. Because a lot of stuff was falling out, but there's not very many people in my life that are going to point me in the direction of saying, hey, you're dropping the ball in Uh this area, this area, this area. But when you basically paused me and said, slow down for a second, you need to get your head screwed on straight because you're dropping the ball with me and you are a big chunk of my life. And I was just like, uh-huh. shit. Yeah. Yes. It's so true. I just, I haven't been able to run on all cylinders. Um, and so I'm on the other side of it. And, and that's actually what I wanted to talk about today because I kind of had this epiphany talking to my mom um, a little bit about how she was talking about this guy in her in her uh, neighborhood. And she said his, his wife died a couple weeks ago, right before Thanksgiving. And, um, and he was just kind of like out wandering around in the street in his socks, just really disoriented. And she doesn't know this person, like hasn't met him. She knew of him. The neighbors had said, hey, we're really mm-hmm. all kind of concerned about this neighbor. He lost his wife. He's in his mid 50s. He's your age, right? And he's super disoriented. Well, I'm not in my mid fifties. So my mom I just went out. Turned fifty. <laughs> so, okay. like if if, we're, if I'm in my mid fifties, then Ryan's decade. in his mid forties. 
Uh, okay. All right. All right. So, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. He's in his mid fifties. So you guys are in the same decade, right? Yep. You're like four or five yep. years from where he's at. Yeah. And I said to my mom, you know, I think we need to have him over for cards. We need to like invite him over. I think maybe she said, I'm going to have coffee with him I'm going to chat with him. She has this whole history of being able to deal with and speak with people in pain. And, um, she's an ex chaplain and, uh, military and anyway, and I just, it kind of dawned on me that we go through moments in life where there's times where people take care of you. And then there's times when you take care of others. And I for sure was, was in a place of like really struggling and being very self-centered the last few weeks. And now I feel like I'm on the other side of it. And now I'm able to take care of others. And the first question that I wanted to have for you today was basically like, how can I help? How can I be a service? What can I do for you, Zach? There's no way that I've been in that space in the last three weeks where I've been able to even think about you. Just haven't. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, like I'm being really like honest in that. Yeah. It's just a, it's a weird space, but I just, that's kind of one area that I wanted to lean into. Yeah. I think, you know, uh, we were chatting before we got on like a little bit of a perfect storm, right? Like you're, you were all over the place. You had all these balls in the air and trying to juggle things. And we, you and I actually have more projects right now than we typically have. Like we usually are like, Hey, we can kind of just log on and do our thing, but we've got this other thing that's kind of taking our attention. I've been in a, in a down cycle with regard to my own cyclical depression. The joke that Laura made a little bit earlier, you guys was one of the things that I was doing while contemplating how like sad my life was, was I thought about getting a dog. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, man, I must be in bad shape because I, I hate, we know how much if you go back and if you're like, yeah, if you're like a loyal listener, even to think about it was like, so I I think it's actually very kind for you to say, well, how can you be of help? And the the reality is there's really not much you or I can do. And I think that's sometimes just the, the reality of well, in particular, a depressive cycle. But I think one of the things that we that we do really well is just sort of go, hey, here's the reality and here's what has to happen. And that is um, that cannot that doesn't have to be relational. Like, I think we can drop the ball for each other a little bit and come back and go, OK, how do we clean this up? And um, so I think, you know, one of the things that you left out of your story was that you did text me kind of when you got back a very specific apology about. Um, kind of where your head was at and what was going on for you. And I appreciated that a lot. And, um, and yeah, and I think now we just got to get kind of back on track for me. I, when I'm, when I'm clicking and when I'm getting my stuff taken care of, then I feel good. I think the other thing too, maybe actually this is maybe the more fair thing to say, to be honest, I, I need to be in relationship with people who do what they say they're going to do. And so if, if you want to know how to help me, then just like do what you say you're going to do. And then I can like, check it, check it off my list. I don't have to. And I think that's yeah. probably true for all people. Like people need to be able to trust their, their people. But yeah. I think, you know, you're, you know, you're one of the top five women in my life. I got a wife and two mm-hmm. daughters and I got a mom and I got some whatever. And I, all three of them, all three of my wives. And then you uh, are prone sometimes to say, yep, I'm going to do this. And then they don't do it. And I have to manage that for myself. Like, because I can't, I can't just fly off the handle or be a, a big jerk about it. I have to just kind of manage. And if you want to help me manage, then do what you say you're going to do. And that's yeah hard when you've got your spread emotionally thin and you've got holidays and you've got people to worry about and parties to carry off. And um, 
So I didn't think too much about it. I actually didn't think it was an argument. Um, <laughs> the phone call that we had, it, was, it wasn't an argument. It was just like a... It hit me though. Like I definitely yeah. walked away and I shared it with Ryan. I was like, hey, I got in a fight with Zach today. And he told me to screw my head on straight and it didn't feel very good. And he said, what are you going to, what are you going to do? Like, it was a major, major thing. Um, but it's interesting because I've, I've actually thought a lot, a lot about it. Um, which is, I'm guessing that you probably are like, Laura doesn't have the time of day to think about me because that's a hundred percent. Like what I was putting out was you're not important to me. I don't do mm -hmm. the things I'm saying I'm going to do. I, I tell you I'm going to do something. I don't follow through. Like I get that on your side, my guess is that I felt you probably felt like she, I'm the lowest of priorities to Laura. And yes, a hundred percent two weeks ago, I had a lot of shit going on. And like, yeah. this was very much so a very low priority to me. However, after our talk, very high priority. Mm. And I was in it kind of was one of those like learning moments where I was thinking about like, why is it that I broke Zach's trust? Said I was going to do something, followed through 0% of the time, broke his trust. He was disappointed in me, couldn't rely on me. What was it? Was it because I don't care? Absolutely not. Did it hurt my feelings? Like, did I hurt because I wasn't able to follow through a hundred percent? So what was it? And I realized it's because I want to do all the things like when I'm spiraling and I have a lot of shit on my plate, I keep saying, yes, I'll do that for you. Yep. I got it. No problem. Yep. I can uh -huh. do it. I have a hard time saying no. And I have a hard time disappointing people. And so I will overcommit myself. And then in the end, I'll disappoint myself and other people a hundred percent more than what I intended to do. Had I just had boundaries and said, I can't do it. I don't have time uh -huh. to do it. It's not on my, you know, I can't get it done, whatever it might be. So I've been thinking a lot about that, but the biggest piece that I like keep coming back to is you and I have been in relationship with each other and we've been through cycles where I've been super productive. You've been down. Uh -huh. I have been disinterested. You have been incredibly motivated uh -huh. and we have filled the gaps for each other. But what happens when we're both down? Because uh -huh. I, I think we've experienced what happens when we both get down and we're both unmotivated or we're disappointing each other. And in relationships, I'm like, what happens if neither of you are interested in leaning in uh -huh. or you don't have the capacity? Maybe it's not about interest. It's the capacity to lean in. Yeah, it's a good, it's a great question. Um, I kind of want to, I kind of want to reflect on two things. Um, I hope, I, I, I hope that you feel or that you've gotten a sense of like reconnective repair with me. And since that phone call, like I'm not out here, like cataloging things or trying to like make you be other. I mean, I think, I, I think again, we've done enough life together to kind of appreciate that. I think, yeah, I had that experience. It was like thing one, thing two, thing three, all hit the ground. And I was totally. like, okay. WTF, and Laura. I, and I meant it. I was just like, you gotta, you gotta pull it together. You gotta like pull it together and get your head on straight. And then we can figure yeah. out what, what we're going to do next. Like, but there was no use trying to do that in the meantime. And that wasn't actually me being angry. It was more like me being kind. And so I'm sorry that it felt like a fight because I definitely could have been like, what the, f <laughs> I have so much access to my anger right now. Like it's heroic for me to not be losing it every five <laughs> minutes. I'm just saying, um, in fact, That's I had a, such a fun way to describe it. I have so much access. It is heroic that I'm just like it putting is. it on the shelf for it this, absolutely this is. moment. Not even this moment, but like uh, the other day, Rebecca and I got into something in the kitchen 
And I, I mean, I lost it. I mean, I haven't behaved like that in years. I just wow. said stuff and I like I pointed my finger and I got big in her face. And I was just exhausted afterward. I was like, holy cow, what is, what was that? Where did that come from? I had to take a nap. I was like, Reb, I'm so sorry. Like I, that is, <laughs> none of that is real. That's just like, anyway, yeah. that's totally different. But uh, um, so I hope that you got that because again, I, yes, it was annoying and whatever else, but also like, I understand how life works and that, we, that people have to go through their cycles. No, I, um, I felt repaired immediately. Like, I don't feel good, like this is good. even a repair conversation. I a hundred percent felt repaired when I sent you the text and you read it and you're like, thank you for that. And that was that, like we were over yeah. it. Hey friends, tis the season to give. And today I am giving you the gift of Dipsy. It's a way to brighten your day, put a little pep in your step and turn the volume up on your erotic being. Dipsy is an app of erotic short stories written by women for women. I can filter through the erotic storyline to find exactly what I'm searching for with the very specific actors that I want, whether it be a British voice or a Latina voice, or maybe I'm searching for something more romantic or involving BDSM or forbidden love. Dipsy has it all and it continues to add short stories weekly. So for listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash MTR. That's a 30-day full access for free when you go to Dipsy. It's spelled D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash MTR, dipsystories.com slash MTR. Hey friends, I have been so grateful for our podcast sponsor, Every Plate. If you're wondering like, hey, wait, Laura, how could you betray Green Chef like that? Well, here's some fun news. Our sponsor, Every Plate, has come together under one company with Green Chef and HelloFresh. The difference is that this is the budget-friendly version. Okay, so my day starts at 5.30 a.m. and it's a whirlwind of work, soccer, hockey, piano lessons, track workout, podcasting, and it doesn't come to rest until one very peaceful moment in the kitchen by 6 p.m. every night. I feel like the only time that I get to shut my brain off and just enjoy the process is when I'm pulling out my meal kit by every plate and all I have to do is just follow the recipe card. I don't have to think about what I'm making, it's just there and I get to serve my family a lovely curated meal for dinner. Check this out, we made the most delicious balsamic apple pork chops last night with roasted zucchini and rice. So if you've ever wondered how much time and money you can save with every plate, but you haven't pulled the trigger yet, here's the incentive. You can get started with every plate for just $1.49 per meal plus $1 steaks for life by going to everyplate.com slash podcast and enter the code 49MTR. Subscriptions must be active to qualify and redeem dollar stakes. The website again is everyplate.com slash podcast and the code is 49MTR. The the thing, the question you're asking though really is, uh, I think it's a critical one in this way. I, I will tell clients that I think therapy in particular is useless if both partners don't show up with the desire and the capacity to lean in. And I'm not, that's not a threat to them. It's more like, if you want this to work, you have to show up with an intent to lean in. And if you can't, we have to evaluate whether or not you don't want to, or you're not able to. Yeah. And those, you could be Mm. both, you could be one or the other. And if you've got two people who don't want to, or two people who aren't able to, then I think you do have to invite invite them into self-care. You have to invite them into 
the hard, introspective, reflective conversations about whether or not there is room to make this relationship work or make this moment yeah. work. You know, yep. like um, the moment I was describing with Rebecca, like I, I wanted to, but I could not, I could not repair or lean in after I had like kind of emotionally vomited all my anger. I just had to, I literally yeah. crawled in the bed. I was like, she's like, what are you doing? I was like, I can't even, I, I, I just, I have got to go away. Like I've got to yeah. date for a little while. And, but that was self-care, right? Like that was what was required in that time. It wasn't rejection. It wasn't stonewalling. It wasn't, you know, punitive. It was like, I, you know, I got to go do this other thing. So yeah. I think if you're asking me the question, what do you do if neither partner can lean in or wants to lean in? I think each of those individuals needs to look internally at what's going on and for lack of a better phrase and without rubbing it in, get their heads on straight, like screw their heads on straight and figure out like, what am I capable of right now? And sometimes it's not much and that can be okay. That just, again, I'd rather you say, can't do it. I'll be like, great. (laughs) Now I know I can breathe. I can be like, (laughs) I'm going to go watch a movie. You know, it is, it is kind of one of those refreshing moments in therapy where you kind of strip away whatever masks people are hiding and you basically are like, is it a capacity issue or is it a want issue? Like, Mm -hmm. let's kind of just identify what's going on here. And I think what you and I are experiencing or were experiencing was kind of a capacity issue, right? Like one of you might be experiencing just a dip in your depression or like a cycle, like you're there. Yeah. One of you might have a capacity of just being completely overwhelmed and anxious ridden. And it's a capacity issue. You don't have the capacity to lean in. I have a lot of relationships that come to me and I say, tell me the history of your relationship. Tell me about like what brings you to therapy. And they say, Mm -hmm. Laura, we talked about therapy six years ago, Uh three years ago, six months ago and today. And I was like, great. Who started the conversation six years ago? Well, that was him. Why weren't you interested in doing therapy? Because she didn't want to. Right. Uh And so they kind of trade in flip flop places. And you see these cycles where people are like, I was leaning in, then he wasn't. And then he was leaning in and I didn't have the capacity because I was overwhelmed with work and I had just had a baby and I had post maternal, all of this issue going on. And it's like, man, when you look at how difficult relationships are and how you navigate the connections, how rare it is when two people are both at the capacity where they're both willing to be in the relationship and have the capacity at the same time. Uh Those are the golden moments. And they're Uh so few and far between. Otherwise, sometimes you're just doing like, hey, you're at 20%. No problem. I got you. I'm at Uh 80% today. Uh-huh. And I and you just kind of keep trading the eighty twenty back and forth with one another until you both land on a hundred hundred. Well, we Rebecca and I say it all the time. Collectively, we're about a hundred percent healthy. Yeah. So maybe totally. we both bring a fifty to the table, but maybe we're bringing eighty and twenty, and maybe it's ninety nine and one. Yeah. Like we, um, it's a pattern that emerges. Um, yeah, I think um, just just as a as a tool anyway, when I talk about desire and capacity, I always use the same metaphor. I say, if you, if you, uh, your heart's desire is to run a marathon, but you have, uh, you know, congenitive heart failure and arthritis in your knees, you have all the desire in the world and you don't have capacity right. to run that marathon. Right. If you're, if you, if somebody says, Hey, you want to come run a marathon with me, but you're like super into CrossFit or swimming or yoga, you might have all the capacity in the world as an athlete, but you have maybe no interest to run Right. 26 miles in four hours of your afternoon. So you have the capacity, but not desire. And it has to come like, it has to be both. 
I don't think you can punish either. You know, that's the thing. By the way, here's another piece of information that I know about my down cycles and which is why I was as distressing as it was, is I, I can't improvise when I'm down. Like mm. I can execute, like go put those Christmas lights up. Got but it. your creativity is in the go shitter to work. is what you're saying. Yeah, totally. So if I'm like, I got to do this by 10 PM, but I need Laura to do it by 9 PM in order for me to do it by 10 PM. And then that doesn't happen by 9 PM. That now, now I have to do a whole other thing to like recover and get back in this. And so then I start dropping stuff. So yeah, it's, it's crazy how that works when people are in kind of like a symbiotic relationship and they're trying to make it, make it go. Yeah. I do have a, I was telling you, I wanted to tell you about a, a fight that I had with my husband, which is yes, so please. you and far, do you want me? <laughs> I almost want to invite him in. He's staring at me right now. Cause he's rescuing do you know that the, the dog. Like whenever we ask on the internet, who, yeah. who, who do people want us to interview? The number one answer that always comes back is Rebecca and it's Ryan. Ryan. <laughs> it, it's like, we want to hear we from will. Rebecca. We want to hear from Ryan. Okay. So. Well, maybe what we should do is we should play like a newlywed game where it's kind of like, how well do you know your partner and have them tell embarrassing stories or whatever? I don't know. But I think, I think that would I be a golden episode. I play that pretty regularly on the app Paired that I have with Rebecca that we use. And yes. if you want to play also regularly on the app Paired, yes. go to Paired.com slash MTR and you can download anyway. Yeah. Uh, wait, you want to play that. a newlywed game to do what now? I think we should have both of them on the podcast at the same time uh, or no, where it's like the four no, of us and, and they're talking to each other and, and they're like maybe sharing interesting stories. I don't know. Or we yeah. just give each the spotlight and they no tell idea. stories yeah. about being married to therapists I'm, and what I'm that's like. I'm anxious about it. I'm, I don't know if I would want Rebecca on the podcast, but whatever. Oh, I'm game uh, Ryan on, on any for day. Ryan. All right. So you guys got in a fight. Are you going to tell me about this? Yeah. It was one of those moments where I was like walking a line between real life and then being a therapist in the midst of, of being in mm, this argument. That's fun. Uh, mm-hmm. So did I tell you about when Dash got ran over? Dash is my bigger dog. Uh, Dash is five years old. He got ran over last year. Did I tell you about that? I've never heard the story of Dash getting run over. <sighs> okay. This is just adding some context, right? Which is always important. But Dash, uh, I walk out the front door. I have Smidge in my arms with leash on, Dash and my son. And we have Dash's collar and his, uh, what do you call it? His leash. And in order to walk him out of the yard, we take his e-collar off and swap it out for his normal collar because we have one of those invisible fences. Anyway. We walk out the door. He's not leashed. We're literally on the front porch. He sees a squirrel. He dashes across the street. Get it? As dashes are wanting to do. And he gets hit by a car. Yeah. So it was one of those traumatic events where he got pulled underneath the vehicle. The car stops. I can hear the the thump drag. And my heart is just pounding. And uh, I send Holden into the house because I have an issue. Like I can't see traumatic things. Like if, if my mm. son is cutting tomatoes or something and he goes, Ooh, I'll immediately turn away. Like cannot, I don't want to see it. Okay. And so I hear the thump drag and I scream and immediately I know my dog just got hit. Long end of it is he's fine. He runs like f- somehow he gets swept. I figured under the it was car. like, would you say it was like three months ago? It was like six months ago. 
uh, but he got swept under the vehicle. I definitely had to take him to ER. He had to get, uh, what do you call it? Like checked out. He had stitches, all of that, but he didn't get hit uh, or pulled under the, the wheels of the car. He swept underneath like the, so he had a bunch of road rash and all of that. And he was definitely sore. Anyway, this is the context. So now I have Smidge. Smidge is our one-year-old mini wiener dog. And she has <laughs> run away from me twice now. And she will just go off leash and then she'll just run. And she'll run and run and run and she'll chase deer and she'll go across streets, like main streets, all of that. Super scary. I'm on a walk with Ryan and he drops the leash twice on the walk because he thinks it's funny because I freak out. Mm -hmm. We're in the middle of like the golf course area. He drops the leash. I run after her. I get her. I turn to him and I was like, you cannot do that. She will run. She's left me twice. It's Mm -hmm. been terrifying. I've called him on the phone. I lost smidge. She's gone. Can't find her. Anyway, like 30 minutes later, she finds her way back home. Uh, but anyway, he drops the leash again, second time on the run and she books it. And I'm at a dead sprint across the whole green. And I probably run for a minute straight. And I finally get her just as she's about to cross the street. And I grab the leash and I turn to him and I say the most vile things. I am Mm -hmm. so activated at this point because Mm -hmm. I'm like, you have no idea this dog's life could have been the end. It could have been the end. Mm. So I say these hurtful things to him. Holden's with us. And he turns to me and he says something like, he, it completely dismissing of my feelings, right? Mm. And so all of a sudden I go into therapist brain and mm. I say to him something along the lines of, he says like, you're overreacting. It's fine. Calm down. Which is one of those things where it's like, if you would love to just stir the pot a little bit more with your <laughs> with your partner, say those words exactly. You're overreacting. It's fine. And he's laughing, like mm-hmm. literally laughing at my reaction, which is nearly in tears. And I'm angry and I'm saying mean things to him. And I'm telling him how angry I am at him for dropping the leash and letting the dog run because he thinks it'll be funny to watch me sprint after her. And he says, Holden, we're just going to let mom go ahead. She needs to calm down. She's flooded. This is how conversations go in a therapist household. I don't know if this is how it works for you and Rebecca between the two of you. you said this or he said this? He says, Holden, we're going to let mom go ahead. She's flooded. She needs to calm down. (laughs) I was like, that's a great idea. None of these are on the repair checklist. Yeah. I mean, it's probably yeah, the right idea. That, it's just I was not, like, that yeah. is a really great idea. So I take Smidge and I walk forward and I'm calming down. I'm in my therapist brain. I'm thinking about the whole thing. Like, why am I so activated? Yes, I'm activated. I acknowledge it. And then I realize there's this backstory in that he thinks it's funny because he doesn't have the same experiences that I've had uh, of being out in pitch black, chasing a nine pound dog around like a busy intersection trying to make sure that she doesn't get hit. Like he hasn't had those experiences. He hasn't taken the dog to the emergency room because they got hit by a car. So I'm activated, but he, there's like this experience of watching our dog run for a road does not activate him at all. There's no sense of concern. And I'm having this whole epiphany while this is going on. And so I said hurtful things. He said, you're flooded. Go walk away. (laughs) I walk away. When we rejoin, He said, I'm sorry I made you feel that way. 
or something like that. I'm sorry that you feel that way. I was like, oh, it's a shitty, shitty repair. I'm going to let him try again. I think I even said something along the lines of, I think you're going to need to give that one another shot. (laughs) And he said, or, and then I explained, I think basically like, I understand that you have not had the same experience that I have had. Like you haven't chased dogs through the streets. You haven't taken the dog to the emergency room. Like you don't know what it feels like, blah, blah, blah. I get that. So this is like high alert, five alarm issue for me. And maybe it was really funny for you because you got to see the dog do this. I get it. And anyway, we came into, he uh, repaired again. He apologized again. And then my son said, don't worry, mom, or don't worry, dad. Mom's fine. Do you know the acronym for fine? Uh, I think, I think it's, yes. It's like. Okay. Uh, I'm going to use the PG version. It's freaked out, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we've, we've taught Holden the acronym for fine. And he goes, dad, it's fine. Mom's fine. And he whispers loud enough for me to hear too soon for a humorous repair right now, son. And I laughed so loud. And that was the end of the argument. But I will tell you that it was one of those moments where I was like, dang, I wish I had all of this on film because it played out so well and i rarely have like arguments with ryan where it's it's like picture perfect where there's a moment where i do something that i regret then i have to like have a little context then i have to repair and it just all played out and i just wanted to share that with you i don't know if it played out as well on your end it was probably 10 minutes too long it sounds like when you had repair when he attempted repair that you hadn't agreed about so relax calm down it's fine that was problematic. Yeah. But then when you found language that you agreed about or that you had shared or that you had come up with that you readily find your way back. I think that's, that's actually, that's actually kind of brilliant to be honest. Like if we mm. can go through and explain line by line why everything is troubling, or we can just agree that that is troubling and it's time to like put that aside and, and, you know, find your way back to, um, you know, stasis, I guess. Yeah. And he did that well. Is that that the end of the story? Is that he did that well? Yeah. I mean, I think the end of the story is just that I rarely have moments where I get to share where it's like, man, I blew up at my husband. Like I, I almost intentionally blew up at him because I am a little conflict avoidant and I really wanted to be very intentional about telling him like, it is not okay for you to drop the leash for the dog and let the dog run free for like a hundred, like I chased her for like 200 yards, like two football fields. Yeah. And I basically like forced myself to be vocal with him and say, this is not okay. This is really activating to me. There's things happening that you don't understand that you don't know. And, and like, I, I want you to know, like, this doesn't happen for me, but this is what's going on inside. I'm really angry right now. So, um, And yeah, I mean, I think that him being able to say she's really flooded and maybe we need to separate and like you need to go a separate direction was really smart. Um, We haven't gotten flooded like that in a really long time. And I'm glad Mm. that he like realized it because I don't think I would have been able to say I need to go away. Like he said for me, I think you need to go walk ahead of us and we'll meet up with you in 20 minutes. That was really well done. Um, 
And he tried several times. He tried to repair a couple of times. Hmm. And I was unreceptive to the first one because I was like, that doesn't sound in, like it doesn't sound like you understand what I went through. And I wasn't ready to repair with him yet. I was like, nope, you don't get it. You haven't you haven't taken the time to understand my point of view yet. So I'm going to share it with you again. And then finally, like the repair did work. Um, but it was sort of one of those moments where I was like, man, this would be a really good uh role play like if yeah. we when we are teaching we should do this as a mm. role play because it worked out really well well and i think that you know one of the things that we say all the time and it sounds like you found permission to do was allow his repair attempts to be successful even if they were right. a little clumsy like you didn't actually reject the first one you were like i think you're gonna need to try that again as much right. as to say okay cool and here's the here's what needs to happen next yeah or here's what it needs to happen additionally and yes, I do. I do say that that is likely because one, our son was with us. I think mm. a lot of, well, I hope, I hope mm -hmm. that parents are on their best behavior when their children are present. Um, I mean, I think you don't necessarily have to be on your best behavior when other adults are present, but kids are so impressionable and they're incredibly egotistical that when mom and dad fight, they're not going to automatically assume mom and dad are fighting because mom and dad mm. are having issues. They're going to assume it's because of them. That's a good point. And so I hope that parents are on their best behavior when they're in front of their kids, the way that I was in the way that I said, the things that I said to my husband was still buffered mm. that I had eight year old ears listening. I yeah. also wanted to bring this up because I knew we were going to repair and I knew the repair was going to happen in front of our son. Um, yeah. I just, it's like, sometimes I need for him to see that when I feel strongly about something, it's okay to bring it up. It's okay to say, this is hurting my feelings and yeah. it's really causing me pain. And I need you to know this so that you don't do it again. Yeah. I actually thought that was a, that was a choice I made. You need him to see that, but also you need to see that. Like mm -hmm. this idea of you being conflict avoidant. If you think a tense conversation is an argument right. or a, a, a firm conversation is an argument, then that yeah. is this extra layer of, of like, no, it's just people like kind of talking about what they need and what they want. And if you need to learn how to do yeah. that, I, I endorse, I support that for you Yeah, with him, with him, not with me. <laughs> yeah. Although it is interesting. Demands. I mean, you've definitely... Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily tell people like, yeah, I'm conflict avoidant, but the way that you have made these two conversations sound is, is in my mind, they're big, massive moments to me that I will remember. Like yeah. I'll re I will remember this moment in our relationship for sure. Um, that where phone you're call from like, a couple weeks ago? Yeah. Yeah. You're probably like, that was no big deal. That was nothing to me. But yeah. for me, it was definitely something that stuck with me. I processed through it with a, several people that know you, that know me. And it was just like, that was a big deal for me. Even you, there's though probably, people that know us both. There's only one person that knows us both. Oh, no, there's plenty of people. Well, people that know of you where I can process like my good girlfriend, Becky and Ryan. Yeah. And like, there's plenty of people that know of you in my life. My parents, yeah. all of that. Right on. Yeah. Well, anyway. um, well, why don't we, why don't we land this plane? Uh, because we got some other stuff that we got to tick off of our list and I got, That's I true. got things to do. Yeah. So. <laughs> this was a unique recording because normally record on Thursdays at like Morning. 8 AM and yeah. it is a Sunday at 7 PM. And I had to text Zach and I was like, I'm going to be asleep by eight. So we got, we got to yeah. get this ball rolling. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. 
Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy all the things that are coming up here real soon. And uh, we'll, we'll look forward to catching you next week or something. I love it. All right. Toodles. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. Um, just in the spirit of Thanksgiving, I am really thankful to all of our listeners. I was thinking about this today as I was driving back from Portland of just the fact that Zach and I get to do what we we like to do. We like to just get together. We like to talk about things that are important to us. We like to process our own lives and our own relationships. And there's people out there that are loyal listeners or have listened a few times and have shared it with their friends. I'm just really grateful for all of you. I'm grateful that we can continue to do what we want to do. Grateful for our sponsors. So thank you. Um, Thank you for all of your time and your attention, making your relationship better today than it was yesterday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.